Welcome to Asset Management Group's private client-only podcast with Andrew Nida and Mo Param. It's Andrew and Mo here with the Asset Management Group client-only podcast. Mo, my man, it is Friday. It is Friday. A little off script from our normal Monday show. It is off script from our Monday show, but we do have, um, well, first and foremost, we have a family reunion. Yeah. Coming up this weekend. weekend. Yeah. So a big shout out to my aunts and uncle who have uh, uncles who have worked diligently to put that together. You know, family reunions. Did you grow up going to like a family reunion on a regular basis? I've never been to a family. We never had one. Never had one. No. No. We'd always get together as a large family for major holidays, but as a actual event, like a reunion, no. I need to, you know what, you got to remind me this weekend because I want to ask, I remember vaguely as a child going to like every year this place where there was a massive room and a bunch of like uh, single beds, okay, individual beds, and there was a ball field and we would stay at this place for like two days, it was nothing but cousins and aunts and uncles, mm. it was a reunion, but I don't know where that was. And then, and, and then we used to have a family reunion with my dad's family in Ohio, which is where he, uh, most of his family is from. And, um, and uh, I guess it was his great uncle who owned a farm. And man, I'm, I'm not kidding. Some of the funnest memories of my life. Because we, you know, the hay rides, the, you know, the hide and seek. I mean, all the cool stuff that you would do at like a reunion. It's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm glad it's been, I mean, you know, we haven't done one in probably, gosh, 15 years. Wow. I mean, crazy. So it's going to be good. Yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Mo's going to experience his very first family reunion. Yeah. It's, we'll see it. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Well, it's and you fun. know, you get older, you guys know, you got cousins that live, you know, family members that live all over the country, some out of the country. And so you just, it's so hard to connect and life is busy and you yeah, I'm know, excited to meet the ones that I haven't met or the ones I've, or some of the cousins that I've, that I've met once or twice and just haven't really had a chance to like connect and bond with. So yeah, I mean, that'll be, it'll, it's going to be fun. It will be, it will be a lot of fun, you know, and what else is more important than that, right? Family, you know, mm-hmm. all come from the same tree. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> we do. It's time. Okay. So anyway, yeah, family reunion this weekend. Mo's a little hesitant, as you can tell with his voice. No. Over no. the the intercom. It's gonna be a good weekend. And then uh we do have some business travels coming up here. So uh so we decided, long story short, to do this show on a Friday. And uh, you know, why not? Why Let's not? just jump right into it. It is time for the most important minute of the show. It's time for the bull. <laughs> Bear Market Minute. Yeah, you know, being, being that it's Friday, we don't have a full week, clearly, of... of uh, You're not waiting before. for the audience. Well, you know what? The audience <laughs> should be waiting. You know, they should. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's not a complete week because we're airing. It's, uh, what time is it, 10 o'clock in the morning, 10-10? Uh, but still, it's been a choppy week, you know, all, all as of yesterday's close. Uh, the NASDAQ is flat, but the rest of the major indices are down. Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing yields uh, continue to rise. And um, yeah, just a lot of weaknesses, weakness in the market this year. I'm sorry, this week. This week. And yeah. boy, does the market look uh, a little shaky today. Yeah. 
yeah, it's not looking too good. As the S&P closes in on that 4,000 mark number, 4222 is where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, when there's not a whole lot of great things to talk about the market, we can always just swap over to econ and, and shift there. <laughs> Why not? So let's talk economics for our market minute. And uh, because we have some data that came out this morning, we can talk about that. Yeah, the jobs, to, uh, the September jobs reports came out, and and uh, hotter, hotter than anticipated. Uh, I think the the street we're looking at one hundred and seventy thousand of uh, new new uh, new jobs creation, and three hundred and thirty six is the number. And also, uh, uh, August numbers were revamped again, and two hundred twenty seven thousand. So. It's hot, hotter, hotter, hotter than anticipated. Which means we're going long on on high interest rates again, right? That's the goal. Unemployment's still under 4%. Wage growth, very, uh, what, hawkish, slow, mm-hmm. steady. You know, the truth is you got this employment growth, but without the wage growth right. is, is really what's happening out there. And, uh you know, kind of an interesting um, tweet by Liz Ann Saunders. She kind of broke down this uh, sector, the, broke down the payroll by sector. And in spite of a, what was, could have been a government shutdown, we also picked up uh, another 23,000 positions mm-hmm. in the government. Yeah. How does that work? I, you know, you know, you're like, okay, we're struggling. We're about to shut down. We can't fulfill the budget, but let's go pick up 23 more thousand staff members. Just, yeah, it's it. The numbers don't don't connect. They don't connect with the with with the uh, with their actions. But yeah, no, it, it's um, leisure hospitality. Leisure hospitality, it. and 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 for me, I think that's that's one of the key. Uh, parts of the mar- parts of the economy, I, 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 I'm keeping my eyes on, because I think if we're going to have you know higher interest rates for a longer time, we're going to see tighter lending, um, and if we see a pullback in consumer spending, well, most of the consumer spending that we're seeing right now is in hosp- hospitality and leisure, right? Uh, so if if and that's really been if you, if you look at the private payroll sec, uh, private private payroll reports, that was leading the charge. Mm-hmm. Is leisure and hospitality. Yeah, but how long can yeah, how long can you afford it, you know? Yeah. With this whole concept of like yeah, to your point, with this whole concept of the rolling recession, you know, you're you're expecting consumers to not create a whole lot of monumental change at the household level, meaning that you may we may see the slowdown in in selling of primary residence. We may see the slowdown in, you know, a lot of different areas like purchasing vehicles, those type of major financial commitments. But but the the spending for leisure and hospitality just hasn't happened yet, right? Yeah. You know, whether or not it's affordable, I think we see, and we will see, because eventually the, the, the liability at the consumer level, the consumer debt, uh, just outweighs the benefits of continuing to build these the, this responsibility just to go have a little bit of fun. The price for fun. The price for fun. It's, it's ungodly. You know, mm-hmm. thank goodness for family reunions. It's cheap. <laughs> See, <laughs> all about it. If you heard last week's podcast, all about uh, being mindful with your finances. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, if you do come to the office in Cartersville, you come see us over the next several weeks. You might ask the question, why would you put Christmas lights up? First week of October. First week of October. Why? Because we're trying to be good stewards of our money. We also 
brought that up. <laughs> yeah, fifteen percent discount. Why not? Why not? So, yeah, it is. Uh, it, it obviously a very interesting week, and and I know we're not digging too deep into. Um, we could, you know what we could do? We could send out our kind of weekly recap in an email format um, on Monday. We could do that. Yeah. We'll do that. Kind of talk about the markets, but it has. It's been it's been a, a continuous, uh, challenging environment. You know, really over the last five six weeks at this point. So um, you know, we just hang in there, keep pushing, and uh, like I say, you know, you can't you can't watch the day to day movements of the market at this point. You have to go long, and you have to trust the plan. That's yeah. in place for you. Yeah, you know, we, we actually on our uh, when we were in San Francisco the other day, you know, one of the speakers talked about the difference between one's Fidelity made a report, came up with a report that said, you know, some of their best uh, uh, retail investors were doing. They wanted to see how the difference between one retail investor invested versus others, and you know, those that were knocking it out the park, they noticed that one trend was some of them didn't most of them did not look at their accounts every single day. Oh, no, Remember it that? was, uh, it, they had forgotten. They had forgotten. That's what it was. They had forgotten yeah. about, these, uh, about their accounts, and those were the ones who performed uh, much better than others. And, and the idea behind they were stressing is, yes, you can look at all these data points that come out every single day, watch you know, all the pundits on TV, read as many articles as you can, listen to the podcast, but not to overreact. Right, not to overreact, make monumental changes to your portfolio. That you know, these this information and, and this type of information is coming out, you know, minute by minute, mm-hmm. hour by hour. You can't you can't overreact and make the, these changes to your portfolios, you know, just abruptly like that. Right, right. No, you're 100 percent correct, and we're not motivating you to forget about what you have. Right, but it is it, that was an interesting point. I, I forgot that she that they had mentioned mm-hmm. that, and and you're right. The, the the ones that had the best performance out of however many thousand or two thousand portfolios or accounts that they researched, literally they had forgot about the that the account existed altogether. Right. Now, which is which is incredible. Meaning that if you just trust the process, you trust the strategy, and remember, you know, from a management standpoint. I know this may sound, you know, very profound and confident, but I think it's not just confidence. It's absolutely fact and truth. And that is that when it comes to management, the way that we are deploying our strategies, 95% of the time, maybe more, is that if there is a disconnect with performance and or volatility and with your expectation, hey, I expected to get a better performance number during this season, or hey, I, I expected to not lose so much during this season it's usually a disconnect with how we're managing your risk tolerance than it is the strategy itself. Right. Um, because we're just, we're built so incredibly solid with, with the way that we integrate and um, blend these strategies together. So, you know, just keep that in the back of your mind, stay confident in the plan and in the process. We're taking risk in the right areas. And of course, at any point, since we're talking about these last six weeks, if anything comes up as a concern, you should bring it up to us. That's right. Yeah. Let's just talk about it and let's make sure that all things aligned, you know, for what you're wanting because it's your plan. Well, that was a good bull bear minute. Yeah, yeah that was a good one. Hold on. I want to add one more crazy fact in here. How about the greatest bond bear market of all time? 30-year mm. treasury hits 50 percent decline 
50%. Terrible. It's, um, listen, when you're, when you, we, going through these reviews for, for many of you guys we've been meeting with, and for those of you that we haven't, I'm sure you're on the schedule. And if you're not, you should be that type of thing. But when you're looking at year to date performance of the ver- variety of different markets out there, such as the NASDAQ, the S&P 500, the equal weighted S&P 500, the Dow Jones, the Russell, I mean, you name it. Um, it is incredible, incredible. The divergence between the magnificent seven in comparison to everybody else mm-hmm. significant you know we have the dow underwater we have the s&p equal weighted underwater mm-hmm. we have the fixed income space underwater like five percent four and a half percent so it is you know as an investor in today's world diversification at all is going to allow is going to put you in a position where you're trailing those magnificent seven. Um, so it is uh, it is an, an interesting thing to always kind of keep in the back of your mind. It's a very uh, different market than you know what we might have experienced back in you know 2009 all the way up to like 2019. All right, and that's why that's why diversification is so important. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so important because you know we don't know where we're going to be where the market's going to be at any given moment. You know, last year we deployed for for most of you, uh, a, a, I won't say a heavy dividend strategy, but a very concentrated dividend strategy, as well as a value play for for in, a, in an equity play, and that worked very well. That was amazing. Last year helped mitigate some of the downside. This year has been a uh, in the market has been a tilt towards growth, which is hence why you said the S and P is up, you know, pretty solid this year. Um, and a dividend and value play hasn't really been that strong, but it's in these seasons that we're experiencing these last few weeks, it has been strong. So it's, it's always, that's why the diversif- diversification makes sense. You know, it's, it's, it's the way to, to have your money deployed in different areas of the market that can do and perform differently when different economic conditions and market cycles, uh, that we enter. So, um, Yeah. I'm, I was, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he looked at me like, uh, what are you doing? Are you distracted? Ah. No, I was uh, I was thinking about the uh, Speaker of the House situation. No, Sorry, yeah. that kind of distracted me for a second about what could be added. But we probably shouldn't add anything there right now. Oh, uh, well, you know, not yet, but it is historic. It's right? more turmoil. It, it's, it's, it's historic. <laughs> it is historic. You know, we were at the brinks of a government shutdown 45 minutes before, you know, the deadline was was about to be reached we came with we, we came to an agreement which is only a short-term agreement until like what, 30 November, days 30 days 66 weeks something something along that along that lines um followed by the removal of the speaker of the house which is amazing which is absolutely um and we hire twenty six thousand people. And we're hiring twenty six thousand <laughs> people yeah i mean that oh. think about that in the course of a week yeah. what happened yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. That, that's, that's a lot. lot. So, you know, there's going to be more. Added just why to it. me and Mo are getting getting away for the weekend. Yeah. Oh man, it has been a crazy week, nonetheless. You know what we got to do though? We we've talked about this, and we want to start for the time that we have left in the show. We want to jump into the topic of the month, specifically this month being taxes. Right. And I know that seems like a drag, but I want you to stay with us on every show that we have. Uh, we're going to keep it short and quick on the subject, but some important tips to consider. And 
So there's a lot of things that you want to think about when you think about taxes. And what we're going to start with this week is how to save, how to contribute with the future of your tax plan in mind. Now, obviously, this is predominantly you're going to think for the individual who is still in their accumulation years, which it is for for the most part. We're talking about individuals that are, you know, they're still working. They're controlling the direction of their money, whether it be funding 401ks, funding real estate, contributing to Roth IRAs or whatever it may be. Um, so I think that's probably who we're touching most with this type of conversation. But if you're if you're one of our clients that's already retired, um, your contributions still matter too. And your influence on the the younger generation and how they save the the you know dinner uh, conversations that you have with your family around the table are very influential. And so, you know, keep your ears open on this conversation, but you know, Mo, when you're, I'm going to pose this question to you, but when you're sitting there as a 30, 40, 50 year old and you, and you're looking out for the upcoming year and say to yourself, okay, I know I have the ability to save. I have a 401k. My wife has a 401k, but, but am I doing it the right way? What are things that you need to be considering to make sure that you're putting money in the right location? Yeah, so when you make a when when you're saving, you're making a conscious or unconscious decision on taxes um, and where tax rates are going to be. So if you think about it, right now we are in a historically low tax environment. Uh, there's seven different tax brackets right now, ranging from ten percent up to thirty seven percent. And so every dollar you put away, you're making a tax decision. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you it, you know, if we're looking at retirement planning, most of us are going to be using employer-sponsored vehicles, your 401k, uh, Roth 401k, or maybe an IRA, simple step, whatever it may be. And when you put those dollars away pre-tax, basically what you're saying is, I'm going to avoid the tax today, not pay 10, 12, 22, 24, whatever it is, that's whatever tax bracket you fall into. I'm going to put those dollars away into this tax vehicle, avoid the tax today. Versus if I put it in dealing with the tax later, those those accounts will grow tax deferred and you'll deal with the taxes later. Mm-hmm. If I go a Roth route, then I'm going to pay the tax today in whatever bracket I'm in, pay the tax today. And then when I retire, that the, the distribution will be tax free. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm thinking about if, if I'm at that age range of um you know, at that point, which one of those options make the most sense? Now, if you look back, like I said, we're in a very low historic tax environment. I actually looked this up today. So in 1981, the year I was born, there was 15 different tax brackets. Oh, wow. Ranging from 14% the lowest to 70%. When you were born, 1986, uh, 14 different tax brackets, so just one less, but ranging from 11% up to 50%. Okay. Now, the interesting part behind that is if you were married filing jointly in 1981, the year I was born, to reach 70%, your income had to be $45,000. What? That's insane. To Se- reach 50% in 1986, the year I was born is $175,000. 175000 right. 1986. Yeah. Wow. Listen, will you guys say, well, times were different. Uh, I don't know. I mean... They were different. They were different, but not like that. Not like significantly right. different. You know, not to pay that type of rate. Right. So to your point, historically low rate environment. Um, you're right. You know, I challenge you guys if you if you if you're thinking about that statement, Google. 
historical federal tax rate bracket. Look, I mean, a, a chart or something like that that would deliver that image. It is significant. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of times people will look back and say, well, yeah, that was for the, you know, the ultra wealth. And it's not, to your point. It didn't take a, I mean, it took a, that's still a significant amount of income back then, but that's, you know, that's a significant amount of tax. Yeah. 1986, you know, 175,000. I don't know what that is, you know, equated for today, but, um, but to pay 50%. To pay 50%. Right. I mean, that's, that's the, that's the point. Right. So, um, so yeah, so that's what I'm thinking about if I'm 30, 40, 50 years old, what, um, the first, the first thing I consider is where am I at in a tax world and where will I be later on? Where will I be later on? Yeah, I mean, you know, in today's environment, to reach the 37% or higher tax bracket, you know, married filing joint, you're going to be over around 700000 okay? But the biggest leap is from 24 to 32. And at 32%, if you're touching the 32%, you're at 360000 for the household, which is granted still a very good living, no question about it. But there's a lot of people sitting there. And we obviously know that this current tax system that we're in will sunset in year 2025. And there's natural reversions back to the previous tax rates, such as, if I can remember these correctly, 22 will go to 24, is it, Mo? And then the 24 goes to 28, I believe. Maybe we should clarify Say that. Say again? 22 goes to 24, 24 goes to 28. 22 goes to 28, Which yeah. is back to the, the way it was in the, since the previous administration set the, the current tax system up in 2025. So basically, the takeaway there is, is that the tax rates and the tax brackets will, in fact, increase naturally in year 2025. We know that. Mm-hmm. Now, we don't want to put out this doomsday concept that rates are going to go through the roof. What we are saying and what Mo's saying with the data that he gave, and that was great, Mo, is um, is the reality that tax rates have been higher. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when, when you're, from a government perspective, you're short on cash flow, you keep tripping into this government shutdown concerns, you're trying to figure out how to create additional revenue to help equal out the balance sheet. And you look in history and you say to yourself, you know, we've done this before and the economy survived. So potentially we could do it again. Mm -hmm. And the natural tendency seems like it would be an easier step to increase rates than to do anything else. You know, um, the government creates literally 37% of their revenue off of taxable income, Mm -hmm. earned income. That's okay. Uh, They produce another 20, I want to say it's around 27, 28% of their uh, revenue as a, as our country uh, comes from retirement taxation, uh, FICA tax, taxes on Medicare, tax on Social Security, etc. So, you know, a significant portion of their income, the easiest way of, of adjusting inflows would be, be to simply just increase taxes. taxes. So, you know, you take all this into account and to your point in the conversation about saving, if we're going to save today, the question is simply, do we pay the tax or do we not? And you need to be asking yourself that question. You need to be asking us that question. And what we have the ability to do within your plan is always to look down the road and help you see the vision of where you should be from a taxable standpoint later. Mm-hmm. Okay. No matter if you are currently the age of 30, you and your wife, or you're 
65 years old and right. you're working through your last final years of retirement. I mean, of, of your working career. Um, having that vision and that understanding is valuable because then you can come back to today and make the right decision from an investment standpoint. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's essentially the key because good tax planning, you know, sometimes can outweigh investment management. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're saving to ultimately to keep as much as we can. Right. You know, we said it before and we and will continue saying again, this tax planning is paying the right rate at the right time. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially to keep more of your to keep more of your assets. And it's a, it's a key part of your plan that that um, will always have to be. We're always looking at it. We're always thinking about it. Um, you know, we're in this tax season right now where some of you are having we're having conversation with some of you about converting. We're having some conversations about you, about your RMDs and what to do with the RMDs. And a lot of and especially with the RMDs, right, it's decisions that you've made sometimes prior to meeting with us mm-hmm. on the decisions where you decide to put money towards. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, yeah. So tax planning can be boring, can be but for some, but it's, it's vital and crucial for everybody. So just a, you know, just a, one more add on there on the topic of contributing and saving. Saving is important. Once you check that off, you got to make sure you're saving correctly. Right. Okay. Um, the other thing to keep in mind, and this is, this is just some things that maybe we can talk a little bit deeper in, in the upcoming weeks, or maybe we extend the savings is things to do prior to years in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Vehicles true. that you may want to use to, you know, if you're in the position where you are at a higher tax bracket today and right. you envision yourself being at a lower tax rate later, if that is true, and there are clients that are in that position, you know, how do you leverage certain vehicles to reduce tax liabilities now? And then also, Planning for very, you know, like customized seasons of life. What about the individual that's going to retire at 55 or 60? Good point. How do we save correctly for that story Good point. to to enhance, number one, uh, you know, low tax rate environment for those seasons of life where you can qualify for subsidies, uh, you know, for obviously like Obamacare getting getting subsidized for insurance and stuff. So how do you save correctly that's going to support in early retirement life and maximize that mm-hmm. from a taxable standpoint. So yeah, because early retirement is is you know I'm getting I'm hearing a lot of conversations. I don't know about you, Andrew, uh, about you know people wanting to retire early, early quote unquote early prior to sixty five. Yeah, right. You know, um, had a conversation with a, a prospective client last Friday, and her goal is fifty five. Her, and she is adamant about that. I think, uh, and it's not that she doesn't want to quote work. It's being in a position where working is an option, not a not a must. Well, and I think uh, the generation of younger individuals, um, you know, that are currently twenties, thirties, and forties, have they're they're thinking differently. Yeah. You know, then, hey, I'm going to dedicate 30 years of my my life to work or 35 years of my life to commit to a company. Now they're, you know, they're, they're thinking in a way that's going to support an early retirement. They're asking these questions because of the, you know, relevant information and the, 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 the education that they can get elsewhere, online, social media platforms. They're, they're getting the knowledge that they need to ask these questions early enough to say, hey, you know what? I'm not going to retire at 65. And the truth is I'm not going to be dependent on social security either. So what can I do today to, to put myself in position to retire at 55 or 60? And they're making these types of commitments. So I say next week we go phase two on savings. 
You want to do that? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go next week, phase two on savings. And um, you got anything else for the week? Are you good? I'm good. Oh, Braves. Braves against Phillies. Braves against Phillies. Let's go, Braves. Let's do it. Let's be done with it. Yeah. Wrap it up for the year. <laughs> Let's go. All right, listen, we greatly appreciate uh, all of you guys. Of course, it is a very, very busy season for us and our team here during uh, Q3, Q4. Actually, it's Q4. What am I talking about? I'm going to let Q3 go. <laughs> Q4, uh, Q3 slipped by too quickly with all the change. Let's forget Q3. Yeah. Great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, yeah, so hang in there with us. Uh, as we continue to adapt with the new platform at Charles Schwab. If you guys need anything, let us know. Uh, we work for you, and we greatly appreciate you trusting us with your future and your finances. Have an awesome weekend. God bless. Talk to you soon. Investment advisory services offered through Asset Management Group, a registered investment advisor. Andrew Knight and Moise Param provide general information, not individually targeted personalized advice, and are not liable for the usage of information discussed. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity product guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company or enter offered through Asset Management Group. By contacting Asset Management Group, you may be provided information regarding the purchase of insurance products.